Welcome back to the Fourth Way Podcast. It's that time in our series again where we get to discuss some of the resources that have formed and shaped my views on propaganda in regard to this section, uh, medical propaganda, and give you some recommendations for follow-up. So let's go ahead and jump right in. When we look at medical propaganda, it really could take a lot of different forms in terms of how you approach the topic. For me personally, I thought that delving first into the history, uh, the more distant history, would be a lot better um, because it's a whole lot easier to see into the distant past than it is into the present. Uh, If you look at the present, uh, any issue that you take a look at is going to be kind of uh, murkier because it's filled with more emotion, because it, it directly impacts you, because you know people who believe different things it's going to be harder for you to come at things objectively. So looking to the past, uh, 100 years, 200 years, uh, or more, that's going to be more helpful in in helping you to be objective when you look at things. And as you find patterns and instances and uh, situations in the past that you're able to see objectively, then as you get into the present and you already understand the themes um, and the the, um, kind of tells that you're looking for in regard to conspiracies and propaganda is going to be a whole lot easier to see. If you're taking this approach, hands down, the absolute best resource that you can get, at least that as far as I found, was entitled Medical Apartheid. The book was phenomenal, and in fact, a bunch of the other resources that uh, that I read, and some of which I quote the next one that we'll get to actually, I pulled from uh, the reference from Medical Apartheid. She just gives you so many different avenues to pursue in regard to atrocities that have, have been done through history by lots of different groups, you know, more, more individuals, but also governmental groups, especially back in the you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. So it's a, it's a really, really good book that gives you tons and tons and tons of examples, and then it also gives you a lot of references that you can uh, follow up more. So I strongly recommend Medical Apartheid. If you read one book, hands down, that is the book that I would read. The next book, Acres of Skin, is also one that was interesting. Maybe it's a little bit too recent. It's not, uh, it's not the distant past, but I think it's right there at the cusp where we're able to recognize that, okay, that was like we, we can view that somewhat objectively. Uh, but Acres of Skin is about Holmesburg Prison, and uh, specifically, but the prison system in general, and how doctors were, uh, and pharmaceutical companies and the government were all basically using prisoners as test subjects. And I like the book because it uh, it's a good bridge between medical apartheid and modern conspiracy and propaganda. Because uh, what you see there is it's a whole lot murkier. I mean, I don't think it's murky. But you can understand how people justify, right? It brings in this benevolence aspect that we talk about in regard to medicine, right? The, the medical community, the government, we're doing this for the public's own good, right? Or we're doing this for prisoners' good. Because what they do is they, they would get prisoners to sign off on waivers and all kinds of other stuff, and they would pay them. Uh, they do lots of different things where you're like, well, you know, the prisoners signed off. They knew what they were getting into. Well, they got paid for it. And... But at the same time, when you uh, the author does a good job of kind of setting up their situation and saying, okay, yes, sure, they had a choice to some extent, but they weren't really informed. Like they weren't totally informed of all of the things that could happen. 
they weren't really informed of their rights. Um, especially if you consider that a bunch of these prisoners are illiterate. Like, are they really getting explained uh, everything to them? No. One of the prisoners that uh, the guy quotes uh, talks about how he's like, look, when, when you're uh, in the prison, your head's on a swivel when you're out in the yard. He's like, if they're going to give me, like, two bucks and uh, some candy or like extra rations at lunch and I get to go sit in a in a safe place for two hours okay uh, I'm gonna take them up on that offer I don't really care what happens to me because it's safe so when you think about it that way you've essentially got a, a hostage population who is in such terrible conditions that of course, the, the, the medical procedures that they're going to undergo that they're not fully informed of seem like good things. Yes, they have a choice, but how much of a choice is it really when they don't have other options uh, or when the other options are so unpalatable? This is a, a great, it's a fantastic book because it does a number of things. So even though it's more recent, I think most people would say that uh, what people did to the prisoners isn't great. The author ties it into the um, to World War II and the Nazis because the Nazis actually uh, referenced like some of the work that the U.S. was doing in the prison systems, and they say, "Well, you guys were doing this stuff too to hostage populations," um, and and it, he brings that aspect into it. Like we're going against the Nur- Nuremberg standards here. Um, we're, we're doing this post World War II. We're going against those standards that that we. Uh, accused the Nazis of and and found them guilty for. Uh, he he gets into a whole host of other things like uh, the government and pharmaceutical companies, and so you you start to get big players involved there, and you see how how those play into the system. It's just a an overall good book that's going to to get you to think on this topic. Another good book, of course, would be Imbeciles, which we covered in our episode on uh, eugenics. And then one that I really liked, which isn't really specifically about medical conspiracies and propaganda and such, but it it kind of shows you how thinking, even in the scientific realm, can get really screwed up, is uh, a book entitled Pandora's Lab. What I like about that is I think because we deify scientists today. You know, well, the science says this. We can kind of think that, oh, well, then that must be true. And Pandora's Lab gets into a number of different scientists as individuals in particular uh, who, who throughout time have kind of had really messed up thinking, even though they were brilliant. A lot of them were Nobel Prize winners, but they ended up going wayward and, and having some crazy thinking or immoral thinking uh, or both at some point. And so you can kind of see the thought processes and, and how some individuals in the scientific community uh, kind of go wayward. So that's, that's a great book more to look at thought processes and things and to, to help you be critical of the scientific community. Once you're done with those more historical books, you can get into more controversial topics. So the big one, of course, would be vaccines. Now, I read uh, The Big Lie and The Doctor Who Fooled the World, which are both anti, um, they're against the guy, I forget his name at the moment, but the guy who said that there's a link between autism and vaccines. And it's important to note that uh, I don't think either of those authors were saying that vaccines can't have negative side effects. 
But if they do, or if anybody would say that, then I would definitely say that's not true. Like 100% vaccines do have a danger element to them. I think that's minuscule and it pales in comparison to, um, you know, to the diseases that they're fighting. Uh, but at least for this specific instance, right, talking about the doctor's work who linked autism to vaccines, his work was fraudulent, it seems. So you can take a look at those two books, uh, but as, as far as reading for his case, I didn't really find any good accessible books for his case, but I did read a bunch of articles from people uh, who were kind of defending him and stuff. Um, so that's, that's a good topic to get into, but it's one that's more controversial and not as settled yet. You're going to get a whole lot more emotion involved in that if you're having that discussion with people. And in my opinion, it's just not worth it at this point if you're if you're studying propaganda and you want to to understand the process and and everything that goes into it, it's worth avoiding that. Now it's good to eventually get to that because it is a really important topic. Whether or not you get the vaccine can have an impact on yourself, your family, and other people. Um, so, yeah, I'll just leave it there. In regard to uh, medical propaganda, we also got into the false prophet episode, which talked about how. Christians, in particular conservative Christians, handled the the gay movement and uh, homosexuality and uh, the AIDS crisis. So there are a lot of books that I read on that, and it was one of the most fascinating things that I've I've researched. Just because, probably because I knew so little about uh, the movement and history of of uh, gays in the U.S. So it was it was a really big learning experience for me. And uh, and good. So I read the Pink Triangle, which showed you know if, if you're uh, going down the theme of eugenics and the Buck v. Uh, v. Bell case, the Pink Triangle kind of shows a sort of a eugenics movement in in Germany, specifically related to uh, to uh, homosexuals at the time. So the Pink Triangle was uh, was just like the the Jews wore a Star of David. They made gay people wear a pink triangle. And so it's just a book that kind of gets into that, and it's really interesting. Patient Zero is also really good because it it kind of gives you a glimpse at uh, the AIDS pandemic. Uh, Probably like 15, oh no, no, I guess the guy wrote it in like 20, maybe it was 2018 or 2010. Whenever he wrote it, it was more recent, but it was about the, uh, so he has the the ability to kind of see in retrospect what transpired. Um, But he talks about, this guy named they called Patient Zero, who is supposedly the gay man who basically brought brought AIDS and spread it to everybody. And so this guy goes into uh, that individual's life. He kind of defends him a bit and just says uh, he was kind of a scapegoat for everybody, and uh, it was it was propaganda and and a lot of stuff that uh, that was really convenient for society at large to kind of blame this one guy and to make it a simple narrative of, of AIDS when it was a whole lot more complex than that. So Patient Zero was was a good look at the AIDS pandemic as well as getting to see uh, propaganda in action. And then there's the Lavender Scare, which brings the government into things. Right, That was homosexuality and, and how it was treated by the government. So we know the McCarthy era Right, McCarthyism, McCarthyism and uh, the Red Scare and all that stuff where, where we're trying to get rid of communists and government. But there's actually a, a Lavender Scare that happened simultaneously where 
for some reason, gays and communists, I guess if you were gay, like they, they said you're automatically communist. Um, and, and they tried to excuse it by saying, well, you're a, you're a security threat and all kinds of stuff. But there was a big ousting of gay people from government and, and other businesses too. So, and that was known as the Lavender Scare. There are a number of other good books. Uh, from a conservative Christian perspective, Still Time to Care was really good. I enjoyed Outlove, Indecent Advances, and Stonewall. Those are all good books that, that give you a, a picture of the gay community and people's responses to them. And some of those in, include some propaganda and conspiracy in them as well. But the books that I've referenced already are probably the best if you're going to focus on conspiratorial or uh, propagandistic aspects. So as far as some movies go, if you want to kind of see this uh, from from Hollywood or through documentaries or things and kind of get a broader perspective and, and see how it's it's depicted, you could check out something like the Dallas Buyers Club, which deals with AIDS medicine not being uh, super accessible to people in the United States and going across the border to get it. Uh, I saw that a while ago, so I actually didn't watch it recently. Uh, I would love to watch it again and kind of with this new perspective that I have, but uh, it was, I remember it being interesting. It was definitely different and it was, it was sad. Then there's the movie about Freddie Mercury. I think it's called Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I would, I would like to see that, but I haven't seen that. There's a documentary called Patient Zero. And then there's a documentary called How to Survive the Plague about AIDS. As far as what I'd like to get to, I'd really like to get to uh, a book called After the Wrath of God, which talks about the, the Christian response in particular to the, the AIDS crisis, I believe. Other than that, I can't say that I did a ton of uh, research on, on the, the medical community. I, I listed most of what I've read because there were some other books that I did read uh, or listen to and for whatever reason, when you get to the medical and science stuff, it seemed like there were some kooky things out there. And I'm sure when you get to the government, there are really kooky things that are out there too. Um, but for some reason, I, didn't, I just didn't come across all that much interesting stuff about medicine and science. But I, I know that there must be a whole lot more out there talking about now, who funds research studies and uh, how conclusions are, are come to by scientists and, and things. There's got to be better stuff out there. But you know, for, for what we were going for, looking back in history and, and seeing some pretty clear cases, I think we did, a, we did an adequate job here. And I think you can, um, you can move on for yourself from this point. There were a few other conspiracies that I came across, not in book form, though. And I'll put them uh, some links in the notes here, and I'll just quickly reference those because um, some of them are really interesting. So, for instance, you know, vaccines, right? Uh, the CIA actually used vaccines in uh, Pakistan, I think it was, right? So how did they figure out where Osama bin Laden was? Well, they, they kind of narrowed it down, and they're like, I think he's here, but we don't know if he's actually here. And so they ran a vaccine campaign in Pakistan, I think. And when somebody who they thought was one of his relatives, when they came into town, they basically had this vaccine campaign going on, which I guess did give a legitimate vaccine. But at the same time, 
they used it to get this individual's DNA. And then they're like, yep, that's a match. It's a relative, uh, a close relative of Osama bin Laden. And then they knew that, that they were on to him. Of course, there were a lot of people in that community who thought that that crossed some moral line. They're like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that because it's going to give a stigma about vaccines and about the medical community. Just like you're not really supposed to use journalists um, and, and things like that. Like there's some no-nos in espionage and, and stuff, but they do it anyway, right? As long as you don't get, get caught, uh, it's okay. And even when you do, it's okay anyway, too. So that, of course, shed some doubt on things like, okay, well, when they're, they're uh, asking us to go get COVID vaccines, what a really convenient way to get our DNA, right? And it, so it, it really blurs the line between what is the government willing and able to do in regard to uh, using medicine for nefarious purposes. Sticking with the theme of vaccines, you know, there's also a story with the polio vaccine and how it had a carcinogenic uh, element in it up all the way until like 1963. And then supposedly it, got, supposedly it got taken out, but then it really didn't. There were some strains or some vaccines that still had it in it. Uh, so we know that vaccines have been used for um, purposes other than, what, than the stated purposes, and we know that they, they can be harmful to some people, the question is, where are those lines? Where is the government using it? Uh, where is the government not using it for, for other purposes? Uh, where, where is the truth about how harmful things are? Uh, it, it kind of blurs the lines. So there are some things that you can look into. There's also an article I linked that talks about how certain Alzheimer's research has been fabricated. And that's really, really significant if that pans out to be false. Um, uh, if the Alzheimer's research was, was fabricated, I mean, that would be insane because researchers have been following this, uh, you know, the, this, these findings that they thought were true, and that leads you down a particular path. And if you're pursuing a, a cure for a specific thing, and that thing doesn't end up being the problem, you've just wasted decades of funding and, and research and uh, resources. So that's, that's pretty significant. Then, of course, there's uh, Theranos, my cousin called it, and I, I assume he would know more than I do, but I guess in my head I'm thinking Marvel Cinematic Universe. Theranos sounds more like what, what I would have said. But Theranos, right, they're this company that uh, you can go back and listen to my discussion with, with my cousin, uh, but... Uh, about propaganda in the real world in regard to, to medicine. But they're a company that has had a lot of um, propaganda conspiracy going around in regard to what they did, and we, we know for sure that, that they were doing some shady things. There's a whole lot more that you can research. Again, I want to recommend that medical apartheid book. That is, is fantastic. Uh, you should definitely go check that out. There's one more thing I do want to mention, by the way. There are a lot of references, it seems like, especially in this section on, on medical propaganda, where uh, I have a lot of references to things. And in the episode, the false prophet episode, there are a lot of like biblical quotes and allusions and, and other references that uh, you hopefully got. But in the one on the black stork, 
uh, in the one on true conspiracies where we talked about eugenics, there's one reference that I do want to pull out as uh, and highlight. Like normally, you either get it or you don't, and that's okay if you, you do, it's okay if you don't. But there's one that I, I do want you to get. So from the Black Stork episode, there is uh, a place where I, I say, um, you know, God exists and he is American. That uh, reference is to something that's said in the movie The Watchmen. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that you go out and watch the movie because there are, uh, you know, there's violence and, and uh, sexuality in there that you would probably not want. But as far as the, the story goes, I love it. Um, it's, it's a dark movie because uh, it, it's like an anti-hero movie. The protagonists are kind of actually the antagonists. Uh, I'll ruin the movie for you here because I, I feel like I have to kind of set it up. So you've got a whole bunch of these superheroes, right? And they are, uh, they are protecting the world from bad people. But their lives are kind of messed up themselves, like they're they're not the greatest of people. Well, this one superhero, this this really smart guy, he uh, he ends up devising this plan to uh, bomb parts of the world, like with nuclear weapons, and blame it on this super super strong superhero who's like uh, almost like a god. I mean, he he can like mess with space and uh, I think time too, uh, but he he can just like. I mean, destroy anything. Anyway, this really smart dude, the smart anti-hero superhero guy, he uh, he recognizes, right, because this is in like a parallel Cold War era, right, uh, like 70s, he recognizes that the world is going to nuke each other. Like he knows it somehow. And so he's like, the only way that I can save this is if we create a common enemy. And so the common enemy that he creates is this, uh, he, he, he makes it look like there's a nuclear attack and he blames it on this like godlike superhero and everybody blames him. And in the end, the superheroes realize that even though this, this, uh, you know, this super smart superhero who ends up nuking millions of people and killing them, he actually ends up saving the whole world, billions of people, by killing a lot of people and blaming it on this one guy and giving them all a common enemy. And so the, the movie ends where this one guy, this one superhero, he's trying to uh, reveal this truth, whereas all the other superheroes uh, don't let him do that and end up kind of keeping it a secret in order to save the world. Well, so there's, there's a lot that goes on there in regard to uh, who's good, who's bad, consequentialist morality, uh, lots, of, lots of conundrums, moral conundrums, and, and uh, all kinds of philosophical things there. But the one part of the movie where the, the blue guy kind of gets his powers, the, the like godlike hero gets his powers, um, everybody's like, when, when they realize that there's this super strong being, they're like, oh no, like what is this? And when they find out that who he is and that he's an American, they say, uh, I think in the comics they say, like, the Superman exists and he is ours. But I think in the movie that they say God exists and he is American or something like that because he, he's an American guy. And so that's, that's why I reference that. If you go back and listen to The Black Stork, it's a reference to, to Watchmen. And what I meant to convey in that 
in that phrase where I inserted it into the episode is that you know there's this immense power uh, that that the United States has had that the science uh, scientific community the medical community has had when we looked at the eugenics program and when when we looked at the courts and how they they handled things and that power is a relief and it's it's justified when it helps your group right when it hurts a different group uh, but when it helps your group so uh, we're we're okay with things if it doesn't impact us negatively and if it helps us it's uh, self-interest disguised as benevolence oh you know this god that can destroy the world it's okay he's ours so that's what i was getting at there it it was a sort of a sort of a shorthand way to kind of put all of those concepts into that that one phrase at that point in the episode so if you know watchmen or if you ever watch it go back you can listen to that uh, that episode that I, I uh, reference it in, and maybe you'll get something a little bit more out of it. Anyway, I think that kind of does it for now for this episode. Hopefully you've got some tools to run with here, and yeah, enjoy. That's all for now. So peace, and because I'm a pacifist, when I say it, I mean it. podcast is a part of the Kingdom Outpost Network. Please check out the links below to find other great podcasts and content related to nonviolence and kingdom living.